Hello and welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode is a heavy one. We're talking about some pretty deep stuff. We are going to explore when we were all little kids and we were running around the world looking at everything for the first time and the world was just one big rainbow, nothing but sunshine and joy and how no matter how amazing our childhood felt, there's probably something in there that caused a little bit of trauma and so we look into how that affects us day to day now that we're mostly not kids anymore. Don't know who's listening to this podcast, but you never know. But we're exploring childhood traumas and just some of the things to some questions to ask yourself. Heavy episode, but very rich, though. Excited to get into it. Before we do, if you resonate with our content, please help us spread the word. Tag us on social subscribe, leave a review, comment, however you feel most inclined to connect. When you all spread the word, it helps us tremendously. So thank you. Buckle up. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode here again with my father. We are going to talk today about Having done therapy for the last few years, I feel like a theme that that came up for me was, I keep going back to my childhood. I had a really good childhood. I had a lot of love. I just had a lot of support and compassion. I was the first child. I felt so important growing up. And then I, you know, went to therapy later in life and I still had stuff from my childhood that I needed to clean up that I was like, what? Okay. So it made me think like, I, I think I got lucky. Some people have really challenging upbringings, you know, divorced parents or early death or like... I would say, I would say more challenging Yeah, because all upbringing is challenging. Growing up is traumatizing. Like growing up, it, modern life is trauma. When you're, in a, when you're a kid, stuff happens and it creates behavior patterns. The reason why this came up was I was talking to a buddy of mine and he's going through a tough time and I was asking him about his childhood and he's like dude, my childhood was fine. Like I had so, I had so much love for my parents. I was really, you know, I don't, there's nothing there. That's definitely not where the issues come from. And I was like, I don't know, man. I had a pretty loving childhood too. And when I took a magnifying glass, I found some stuff that like caused anxieties in my life. Well, it's a really, really good subject to talk about it. I want to take it far into the human history. I really want to take it far because the way we live now in the last 10,000 years, or less, maybe even less than that, maybe I would say since the Industrial Revolution, it's very different. For hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, we run around, we moved around in nature in tribes with a bunch of individuals, say 50 to 100, I think average maybe 60, 70, that created a tribe. There wasn't exactly a family system inside the tribe. The tribe was the family. Think about that. A child is born in a tribe. It wasn't really clear who the father was because we know now from indigenous people that they don't always know for purpose who the, father, who the father was or is. And why is that? It's because nature want to be sure that the child is, is safe. And if there was a family system within a tribe and something happened to the father, the family is devastated. Mm. But a female knew that if she has several fathers and it's unclear who the father is, then the child is safer because it's, it's the child of the tribe. A child is born in a tribe and it has, if it's a female, several female mothers and several male role models. And they can choose and take whatever they feel is best for them. So it's a lot, of, it's a lot of healthier exposure to humanity. Hmm. Then, we, then we discovered uh, agriculture and we stopped 
wandering around, we lived in villages, it was still a very much family structure. The, the grandparents were there, the uncles, the aunts, I mean, the, your relatives were right around you. So you, the interaction was also very, very deep. You lived within a pretty thick, close community. So you had many parents, so to speak. Your grandparents were right there, your mm-hmm. uncles were right there, your nieces were right there. And you could take example and you can actually draw from so many people that were close to you. So if your mom was a little anxious, uh, then your grandma would be there, or your aunt, or your neighbor that was really close to your mom. She would be the one that you comfort with. So you had a lot of other places to go to. So children grew up in a more humanly rich environment. Fast forward to modern life. You're born in a box. You live in a box. It's made out of wood, concrete, and glass. Two people, sometimes one, needs to give you everything. Your grandparents are probably pretty far. If you're lucky, they're around the corner, but most likely they're not. You probably see them twice a year. Forget about uncles, aunts, and stuff. That's just people scattered everywhere, especially in modern life, the USA. Who's from around? Who has a thick, you know, a strong family around them living in the same neighborhood? That hardly happens. Most of people grow up kind of alone. So these two parents needs to give you everything. Already a huge problem. Already there's a problem here. Yeah. So a child does not have the exposure to a lot more. Therefore, already having some issues with figuring out who he is mm-hmm. and role modeling. So how does that translate into some of the trauma that we opened with, with like growing up development, childhood stuff? So when we're talking about trauma, we need to talk about different kinds of trauma. There are different kinds of trauma. There's an, a trauma that's kind of an event, car accident, uh, fire, robbery. That's one kind of trauma. And then there's a developmental trauma if you're one of your parents is alcoholic or beat you up or abused you and it's been over a very long period of time. So your whole development is attached to that trauma. And then there's just the trauma of the way we live nowadays, which is, I always say that this modern life is very traumatic. You know, there's a huge pressure on us to move very fast, to study, learn. Kids spend a lot of time alone from very young age sometimes, you know, parents are very busy, they need to survive, so par- the kids are in some sort of a daycare, not with their parents, um, for hours upon hours. Uh, parents are moving very fast, the stress, the stress, the kids feel the stress. And there's also trauma that parents bring with them from their childhood, because they grew up in a similar way, or they came out from another country, came over from another country, so or, or their, their parents came from another country, so there's all this pressure of maybe mm-hmm. persecution or whatever, in our case, you know, we are you know, Jewish. There was a Holocaust in our family. My parents, both Holocaust survivors. I grew up, you know, without Holocaust, but, but it's in my DNA right. and it's in your DNA. And yeah. I noticed it about you and your brothers that there's some sort of a anxiousness that it's hard to understand why it's there. Yeah. Because, you, <laughs> did, you know, you grew up with a mother that's from Denmark and in the U.S. in a very safe place. You didn't have to go to the, you didn't have to go to the army. You didn't see a lot of violent acts like maybe I grew up with around wars and things. Yeah. And you still have some, some anxiety. In right. You. And that goes through the DNA. I mean, they say that a large, a huge event like a Holocaust takes about five generations to clear. Hmm. So the grandson of your son will be hopefully free of it. I mean, it's, it's that effective. It's like when you, I always think about it as, think about a huge, uh, huge guitar. You're the size of the, the strings and the string is just playing right next to you and your whole body is shaking. Yeah. The closest you are to that string, 
the more that shaking is going to be. So my parents are right on top of it, and I was maybe once removed. But you still hear that vibration. Right. It's right? diluting, but it's still vibrating. It's still vibrating. <laughs> so, you know, maybe uh, five meters away, five five yards away from it, that person will hardly even, will hear just a sound and yeah. be hardly affecting it. But, but we are inches close to this. Yeah. And that vibration is still going through our body. Like it or not, being part of the story or not, that affects you in a huge way. And that was a piece of my therapy too, is addressing that. Like I just had this deep, deep anxiety about losing people I loved and scarcity, and I had no idea where it came from. Scarcity, it, you know, you never had scarcity. You never know what it is, but no, you still had it. Right, something hardwired inside of me. Absolutely, and you can think about it. The past, the scarcity and the fear of dying that, that, that my parents experienced and we didn't have in my reality, but affected my reality yeah. and, and therefore affected your reality. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying, but I want to simplify it. What I want to say is this. To think that you don't have issues from your past is most likely incorrect. Now, as children, we're very sensitive. We come in pretty pure, ready for love, ready for connection. And life usually is harsher than that. And even if we have loving parents, which is a wonderful thing, and that will help us solve most of our problems in our life, it's still stressed, kind of upbringing. A lot of us live in a pretty stressed environment, very stressful environment with a lot of moving parts, a lot of um, survival and need for income and fast life. And that is not healthy for the system. Most of our parents grew up in a similar environment. So they bring their own baggage into it. So when I see my clients and I mentor my clients, we talked a lot about their childhood and there's this resistance to see, for some of them, it's very clear that things really were bad. Mm. Some of them, it's not so clear, but it doesn't matter. Some people that have it really bad, they will tell you, oh, some people had it worse. Right. You know, yeah. My dad was, you know, kind of abusive. He yelled at me and he threw me out of the house. He didn't come to any of my games and he was uh, ignored me. But, you know, they didn't tie me up in the basement and beat right. me up. Which, which is, but that's also good because it's like an optimistic way. Like you're looking at the glass half full in a sense. It's like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, but like some people had it way worse. So I don't want to complain. But there's a dark side. It's true. Yes, there is some, you know, it took you, it brought you here thinking that everything was kind of okay. But it's good to see it for what it is. You have to feel it. That's, I guess, what I realized from my work was like, you can't intellectualize it. You can't just know, okay, yeah, these things happened and like it was pretty hard when I was a kid. But like, you know, I got, it made me strong and now I moved on. It's like going deeper than that. It's letting the body feel how sad that little kid was. For me, it was like that little kid was so sad when that happened to him. Can you be with that pain from that child and like let him cry and pat him on the back and tell him it's okay? So a lot of us as kids, we didn't have the space to really um, feel that we needed to feel something else in order to survive or we needed to ignore it or we were told not to cry or we felt the responsibility not to take any um, not to burden our parents anymore so we kind of internalize a lot of stuff uh, some of it comes from simply trying to protect our parents and yeah like you don't want to be a burden don't want to be another pain you know you can see you can kind of tell as a child that your parents are stressed enough so you're not going to burden them with your pain. Right. right? It was tricky because when you grow up, you realize how much your parents did for you. Like mm-hmm. you see, wow, it is so much work to raise a child. So it's mm-hmm. like, of course, I want to be grateful. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. It kind of feels spoiled to be like, well, you guys didn't do this for me. You so, know? so it's beautiful. So what I teach people is there are two parallel lines. There are two parallel lines. We need to remember that. 
there are two tracks. Okay. One is you need to feel what really happened to you, understand it, and have the emotions you need to have about it. Sadness, anger, whatever. That's one thing. You need to have, you need to have the ability to express within yourself, understand, express what really happened to you. And maybe there's a lot of sadness that wasn't explored. Maybe there's some anger about something the parents did or someone in the family did. Maybe there is um, just confusion and, and you need to come to terms with certain things that happened, that, that some events. You need to allow yourself to feel what you need to feel. There's a lot of anger that comes up for people at yeah. their parents about certain things. That's the one track. It doesn't mean that your parents didn't try their best mm-hmm. and really want to be the best humans they could be and the best parents they could be, but it doesn't mean that they did it right. Right. So understanding your parents, knowing their story, understanding that you need that, that they tried their best and want to be loving towards them, that's one track. You need to, it's good to know where they came from and their story and their wounding and that they tried their best and you know they, that they love you and, and know that. It doesn't mean what was done for you was okay. Mm, God, that's a good one. You really have to see the full picture. It's exactly. So my challenge is to teach people that those two things needs to happen. Mm. It's not that one or the oh, but the minute I'm mad at my parents, I'm not I'm grateful. A bad, I'm a bad son. Yeah. I'm a bad, bad daughter. I'm not grateful, and they really try hard. No, you love them. You care for them. You understand them. At the same time, what was done for you was wrong. Mm. So you need to go through that and complete that. When you go to that, understand it deeply and complete it, you can come back to the compassion to your parents. The other track. From another, in another way. Uh-huh. Now you know the story. Now you accept them for who they are. We tend to put our parents on a pedestal, yeah. which they don't deserve a mm. lot of times. I mean, yeah, they are your parents. You want to respect them, but they're human beings and they're full of mistakes and issues and imperfections just like anybody else. Just like we all are. And at one point, a child grows old enough to see that. Yeah. And it's a moment. It's a tough moment for someone to say, oh, now I know they were life. Now I know people. And my parents are, they got issues. <laughs> they're not that perfect. Yeah. You know, they, I, I thought they were perfect. I thought they were two, two gods. But they're not gods and they're full of problems. Yeah. So accepting it, understanding it, and accepting them for who they are, but not avoiding your own process and feeling what you need to feel about it. And come to it from that after you completed that. That's a much healthier place. You're accepting them for who they are, really. Not on the pedestal, human beings trying to do the best they can in most parts. Some of them know one. And also going through your own emotions about that and accepting the, the, the things that happened to you as a child that were not perfect for you. Hmm. I think that's a really deep healing that goes yeah. on. And a lot of times it's hard for me to reach, to get to people to understand that. They're still very protective of the parents, protective of the childhood. No, but they were good and they yeah. were doing the best. And they actually were, were hard. What are you talking about? And, you know, I can understand because they were trying to make money. It's all great. It doesn't mean what happened for you was okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that I'm judging the motives. I'm judging that that environment wasn't the healthiest for you. That wasn't something that was supportive to you. Hmm. And the sooner you come to terms with that, the sooner you can accept it. And I will go even deeper than that. We would love to think that we are really good and perfect. We are not perfect. Our parents are not perfect. We are not perfect. I always say that the closest thing to perfection is accepting our imperfection. Hmm. The more we accept our imperfection, the closer, the closer we are to some sort of wholeness. Hmm. Because we also including our dark side. We're also including yeah. our shadow. We're also including the shadow of others. 
So it's a really deep, mature, growth-oriented process to accept our imperfections. So when we come from a family that we have to accept was not great, wasn't as perfect as we would like to idealize in our mind, right? right? Maybe we are not perfect. It reflects on us. Oh. (laughs) So if my family, and sometimes, you know, I work with people that there was abuse in the family. They didn't want to look at. And I have to say, I say, say, hey, I'm going to tell you something. You got to close your eyes and really accept it. You are an abused child. Hmm. It's hard. That's tough. You had an abusive childhood. And the sooner you get it, the more you can heal from it. But you, you are an, this. What happened there is abusive. You know your child, your your mother not talking to you for a full month because of that. That's that's neglect. It's a, it's abuse. You know. Yeah. Even, and the sooner people come to it and they have to cry over it and yeah. they have to do the peace they have to do about it. But once you overcome that and accept it and overcome that, then you can actually move on a lot healthier. And that that's part of the deep healing process. And and there's a, there's a like come back to your yeah my initial point. Initial, yeah, people resent that. People resent that because if my childhood is not perfect or it's full of blemishes, then I am yeah. da- damaged goods. Yeah, and it's a it's a and, protection strategy. You're opening a world of pain. Like correct. people know it's not going to feel f- fun. Correct. It's going to hurt. Correct. And it's almost like your ego is like no 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 we don't we're not going to go there. That's going to be a painful one. Correct. And what I would invite people to do is look at life as a much more complex place. That no one's perfect. Your parents are not perfect as you are not perfect, as your friends are not perfect. Understanding those imperfections, having the reaction you need to have about them and coming back with compassion to all of that because that's our human story because mm. we're full of imperfections. Come back to it from understanding it because you'll never accept your imperfections. It's easier for you to accept others. Mm. But once you accept yours you can actually come back with compassion to everybody else. Whew. That's, yeah, that's heavy stuff. So, I mean, what, someone hears this, right? And they're, it, it, it opens them up a little bit and they're like, I want to look more into that. What do they do? You know, there's beautiful books that I have people read. There's a book by um, Bradshaw called um, Homecoming. Uh, it also has a, uh, a lot of... Um, Exercises, right? Yeah, he's got some meditations where it connects you to your your in a child your your childhood it's a piece of work to do and i think everybody have to go through it at one point yeah. or another it's it's there's some cleanup to do in every childhood i actually don't know and there are people that come to me and say oh my child was really great and and you know, usually i'm very suspicious but sometimes it's true it was it was actually a pretty decent beautiful childhood there's always something there yeah that they don't even know how much it affected them right you know father losing their job Mother, uh, there was an, you know, maybe an abortion, uh, lost a child, you know, in pregnancy. There's all these things that no one talked about it. It's everything was okay. Uh, it's big. It's affecting everybody around you. There's some sadness. There's some grief. There's some avoidance. There's something to look at. Now, someone would tell me that I'm trying to make everybody a, a client, <laughs> uh, but I'm in the I'm in the opinion that most of this modern world is pretty out of balance and most people are not in a good place i mean you can't go a day without hearing someone say anxiety anymore like it's it's so so prevalent in our day-to-day that it's it's just clear that there's a lot some there's some form of disconnect and that's why it's like a daily practice to look into that and better understand why that's what we do this for is so that 
we can shine a light on some of the, at least for me, some of the stuff that I've seen in my own experience. And you can touch on that with, um, with your expertise. So hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Do you want to finish off with anything? Yes, I want to say that it was kind of a heavy conversation, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, when you go through this harder um, explorations, you do come out feeling lighter, more positive, um, in a better connection with others, and you actually will be in much better relationships. So I want to say that this is going to lead people that will go through it into a much better well-being in life. So it's not, oh, let's go into that and sink in there. Going through it and coming back clearer and better off for it. Yeah, that's a great place to end. And as always, you can message us on Instagram and uh, we can send you any resources that we have in our repository. We're all in this together. Thank you for joining us today. Goodbye, goodbye.